Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. So anybody ready for a message of freedom? It is Independence Day weekend, so I think a message from about freedom from a spiritual point of view is in order. So let's start with a definition from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore, who defined freedom as this way, in this way. It is the quality or state of being without thought or restraint, bondage, limitation, or repression, having a sense of complete well-being, It is a result of regulating one's life according to principle, not according to what anyone else may think or say. You know, as we say in unity a lot, we want to be about principle rather than personality. But let's face it. I mean, can we we talk? Let's talk. What other people say and think really is important to us if we're being candid or maybe if just me, and I'm shamelessly projecting onto all of you. You know that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me? I've come to believe that's a great big lie. Because broken body parts can heal. You can even replace a body part. Hey, that's really great. We can even remove chains of of domination in the external world and systems can be fixed. But how difficult is it for us to break free from words that may have been forced into our minds and into our hearts hearts about ourselves? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, even as grown-ups, I'm a grown-up, at least most days, I still hear words and thoughts that I thought about when I was a child, about not being good enough, not measuring up, not being perfect. Maybe I'm the only one, and again, shamelessly projecting. Or how many of us start comparing ourselves with others, like who has the biggest house or makes the most money or had the best vacation or the best golf score? I once heard that in a men's group that I was leading that all men's conversations eventually just boil down to comparing numbers. Well, I don't think that's necessarily true, but I don't think it's not necessarily true. You know, this thing we do, and if somebody else is ahead of us in some way, shape, form, then obviously we are bad. We don't measure up. Something must be wrong with us. And how many women have internalized misogyny? I can't do this or that because I'm a woman. But I will have to say, I saw the best t-shirt once, and it had a picture of a little girl with boxing gloves on, and it said back off, cancer. I fight like a girl. And it's like, yeah, right. That's, that's. Or how many LGBT people have internalized homophobia? I've been fighting that one for decades. Or how many minorities have internalized racism in some way, short, way shape, form? I just cite these as examples of what we as spiritually mature adults sometimes still do. I mean, you might have your own version of the, that sort of a mindset. But I love the words from Galatians chapter 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Amen. And like all passages of Scripture, this one has both an internal and an external application. I mean, 
Externally, are we using our freedoms to help others have the same experiences we do? Or are we engaged in its shadow in repressing others? And then internally, are we using our freedom of thought to achieve our dreams, to leverage our internal challenges? Or are we using our freedom of thought to hold our thumb down on our own potential? So when we look at this idea of Christ from a new thought or unity point of view, that's another way of saying the divine in you. The principle, the ultimate truth of who you are, it is in everyone, the inherent goodness of the divine. Even people we don't like or respect, it's still there. It is the great liberator of consciousness freely available to anyone who is willing to release the fears, the biases, the ignorance of the small self. We might call that the ego. The Christ in us, that spirit within us, is the source of empowerment and creativity. And I'm going to say fun. I love fun. It is the sum total of all divine ideas and attributes. Speaking about this idea of Christ, Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, said, we can never know the full meaning of freedom until we abide in Christ consciousness. Without prayer or meditation, there can be no concept of spiritual freedom and therefore no demonstration of it. It is gained only, and I don't like the word only because only is a four-letter word, and this is a church house. We don't use that kind of language. But anyway, he said, it is gained only through spiritual development, gained in long hours of communion with God in the silence. Liberation from bondage comes to us as we seek first the perfect mind of Christ. So why is it so hard for us, some of us, all of us maybe, to find that freedom and live continuously from that point? Well, I'll say long, long hours in silent communion with God certainly doesn't fit with my idea of immediate gratification. Maybe it doesn't sit for yours as well. And maybe it's just because a number of us simply don't know where to look, where to seek to find this living experience of Christ. There's a wonderful old Hindu legend, you may have heard it, that at one time human beings were gods, but they abused their divinity. Sounds familiar. And Brahma, the chief god, decided to take it away from them and hide it where it would never be found. So where to hide humankind's divinity became the question that he uh, addressed with his council. And one of them said, well, let's bury it deep in the earth. But Brahma answered, no, they're kind of smart. They would dig down and find it. And then another one said, let's throw it in the deepest ocean. And Brahma said, no, not there, because they know how to swim, and chances are they'll go find it. And then another one said, let's put it up on the highest mountain. And Brahma said, no, you've seen these people, they get around, somebody will climb up and get it. And finally they gave up and said, we just don't know where to put it. But Brahma thought for a few minutes and he said, I got a plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hide their divinity right smack dab in the middle of them. They'll never look for it there. <laughs> well, we've been looking 
and we have found. We have found Christ within you, the hope of glory. And when we talk about this term, I realize when we talk about this term Christ, for many traditionally minded Christians, that's the person of Jesus, and we acknowledge that. And in unity, we also know it as the creative principle of life that is found all around us. So in this little letter to Galatians I just wrote, uh, referenced, I didn't write it myself, I'm not that old, Paul wrote it, roughly the year 55 of the Common Era, it's, it's referred to sometimes as the Magna Carta of Christian liberty, of spiritual liberty. And it deals with a number of issues that were alive in the early movement of the followers of Jesus. One of the questions was, do people who, Gentiles who want to be followers of Jesus, do they have to become Jews first? And Paul says, no. Do they have to do specific things? And Paul said, no. He said, no, it's just enough to have faith in Jesus alone. But then the question was raised, if all you have to do is say, I believe in Jesus, then can that lead to moral indifference about the care and the well-being of others? As in, I believe in Jesus, and uh, sorry about you. Paul said, no. We are here for each other. We've been making that refrain consistently throughout this service already. Rather, he said, as a matter of fact, one's obligations for, uh, towards others would be amplified by joining the Jesus movement. Listen to this. He said, he wrote, you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole of the law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite your neighbor and then move your hand on your iPad, you will lose your place. <laughs> you didn't know Paul had an iPad, but he did. And then it was lost to all time. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Good grief. We have seen enough of that, haven't we? And we're still seeing it. What he's implying here is that with love comes responsibility, as Doggy Dog said in his song. And his use of the term slave was very intentional. He was wanting to drive home a point, love each other that much. And how timely, as I said, as we are engaged and enraged by the facts of the day. Loving one another is an utterly enormous task. It is a nice thing to say here in church when we're in a safe space. We've got to go out and do it out there too. And on social media and everywhere we happen to be. And I personally don't think our personalities can do it on their own. Our personalities, well, maybe just mine, are burdened with resentments, remorse, regret, anger, ignorance, Anybody else know that? Well, you probably know people. But it is our practice, our spiritual practice of long hours spent in the silence communing with God that empower us to liberate ourselves. It is our commitment to our spiritual practice to 
connecting with the truth of who we are that gives us the power to release, to let go of the unhelpful attitudes and beliefs that all people carry and to create new habits of thought and action. You see, you got to have thoughts and action. You know, to me, I think about the examples of the greatest nonviolent reformers I know of, Mahatma Gandhi and Dr. King, who based their work on spiritual practices and principles. Did I say that this is an utterly enormous task? It is. And we're up to it. This is the good news. We are up to it. Because each and every one of us is one with the limitless power in the world that God is. A power for good. A power that, like the founders will say to the biggest empire of the world, we're done and prevail. A power that will allow the person to take their, their final drink and say, I'm done. The same power that will allow the abused individual to walk out of the house and say, I'm done. This power is your power. It is the truth of who we all are. Paul says also in Galatians, moving on, so let us not grow weary of doing what, it's, what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. We have to give ourselves respites, but don't give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. So here's the bottom line. The internal chains we all carry manifest as the external burdens of our collective consciousness. And I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about everybody. That can be our collective family, our workplace, our school, our church, our nation, our state, and yes, even the entire world. We must become willing to acknowledge and mourn the effects of the past, regardless who made them. And the errors of today, regardless who is making them. We must become willing to continue the, the work of creating the beloved community, even and especially when it seems we are up against insurmountable obstacles. Because ultimately, they are not insurmountable. We must become willing to work for the good of all, yes, even those whose words and actions are detrimental to the goal of the creation of the beloved community. Why? Because none of us is going anywhere. We must work it out. And all of these musts I just mentioned are messy. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it was easy. I wish thoughts and prayers enough were enough. Thoughts and prayers were enough. See, personally the, and collectively, the process of coming to know ourselves as and live as the Christ incarnate is never easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. 
But if it was, how much value would it have? And how much compassion for ourselves and others would we deliver, uh, achieve along the way? So your homework and my homework is to take this holiday as a reminder that we are free to choose how we will use our life energy. Will we use it to build ourselves and our world up? Or will we use it to tear ourselves and our world down? So how can each of us use our freedom for the good of all? When you have your answer that is the right answer for you, do something. Do something constructive. Do something creative. Do something powerful. Do something beautiful. Because you are all of these things. And after all, for freedom, Christ has set us free. This is who we are. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.